I'm Zach. I'm Riff. I'm Jim. And I'm Kevin. It's time for episode number 290 of Video Games Hot Dog, the podcast we do here in the studio. We're rapidly approaching that all-important number, 291. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it's, uh, like, almost localhost? It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's like 160 less than the temperature which books burn. <laughs> <laughs> um does is is 291 important for no okay it's, i was it's prime. trying to subvert expectations Probably. huh do you think it's I, prime I don't, I don't think it's prime no really? no because oh, really? the digits add, the digits add up to divisible by three yeah. so it can't be prime okay yeah come on come on riff where's shorthands. your sieve of eratosthenes I, I i don't know i don't know these uh shorthands i feel like i learned that a week or two ago, and I don't remember the sieve of Aristoth- Aristosthenes. No, that's I don't, I don't know if that's how you say it or not. That was just how I how I thought it was said. As a, no, that one I learned as a child, but that's like really labor intensive. It's just, there are just some tricks. Like you obviously know that a number isn't prime if it ends with five or zero or is even, yeah, right? right? And there are some other tricks, but I don't think they're comprehensive. No, certainly not. But that's a nice one. But zero yeah, is included in even. You can sell them. You can sell them off. You can sell them off. <laughs> you know, if you have numbers that you or don't if, want anymore, you can just sell them to somebody right. like on Craigslist. It's prime real estate. Ah, uh-huh, yeah, and it's free shipping <laughs> yeah, if you have yeah. Amazon. If you have Amazon Prime. Yeah. Uh, this isn't here. No. Okay. So afraid I was afraid I was accidentally playing footsie when in fact I'm trying to have sex with the table. <laughs> Riff, what have you been up to? Um. Okay. I, I I took like an hour train ride yesterday morning to go and try and buy a Nintendo Switch, but they were out. So that was sad. They were out of trains? No, they were out of Switches. Although I, it didn't mean that I got to sit in a train and read Sherlock Holmes for two hours. So Wait, so you got, you got back to your dad and didn't get a whooping because <laughs> you had not been able to... <laughs> Could I get the switch? The punishment was how disappointed that, the dad was. That's why. That's why it's so difficult to find them because it's 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 hard for them to fit all that hardware into a thing that's like not as Supple wide wood. as your thumb. Yeah, it has to be. It has to be wooden, and it can't be any larger around than your thumb. So, it's only a switch in the in the context of using it to hit someone right like you wouldn't just say oh there's a field of switches i think so because it's like a that's definitely the usage that has survived to us i'm wondering if maybe it was had broader i mean it it could be like past like topsy-turvy where like the words topsy and turvy don't mean anything separately anymore okay but Mm. probably did when that phrase was invented a racetrack can be really turvy can it actually no okay what huh where were you even going with that just like curvy but paved slithy <laughs> i don't know. okay okay um <clears throat> so are switches still that hard to find yeah pretty Apparently. much there's like so, none of them in none in portland at least. did you go to one store and then you were like there's nothing here and then you like turned around and went home like it seems like you would uh, scour. did you, what, did you hear did tell was, they had some switches out california way <laughs> I, I I looked up like every major retailer on the internet and looked because most of these like Best Buy and Target and so on will tell you on the website if a store has some in stock. Yeah. And the only one that <clears throat> the websites indicated might have some in stock was this one particular Best Buy. But when I got there, it turned out it was a lie. You, and did you try calling them? I I 
It was a toss-up between waiting until they opened and then calling, but risking that if they did have one there, the hour it would take me to get there would mean it would no longer be there. Oh, or so just, this was or like a morning going. hour. Yeah. So is is the Switch a thing? Pardon me for not knowing this, I guess, but you can't just like order one online and yeah, just get it whenever? We're, we're still in the phase of the Switch's life cycle where like if someone has the one, there's a story behind it. Yeah. Hmm. You, you, I mean, you could theoretically order one off Amazon if you wanted to pay an extra $100 <clears throat> for scalper markup. And take the risk that maybe this guy does not actually have one for sale, but uh, you might be buying a supple piece of wood. <laughs> oh yeah, exactly. Wasn't there a thing a while back where Nintendo stopped doing like first-party hardware sales on Amazon because of some pissing match that uh, there it, the, was the Iwata yeah. the Iwata Bezos? Feud. I don't know what that story was, but yeah, the there was something about that. But now both of those guys are dead. <laughs> so. No, not really. <laughs> I was like, did Bezos die? No, only only one of them. Um, uh, Bezos sounds like uh, like a supervillain from space. Well, and mm. Blue Origin is a pretty uh, supervillain style company name. Yeah, right. Yeah, he wants to blast everyone back into the sea. Right. He wants to return all of humanity to its blue origin. <laughs> um. Well. Yeah, that, so I mean, I guess the story behind everybody getting a Switch is Nintendo doesn't ever manufacture enough hardware. I mean, that's that's the reason that it is a story rather than like, I walked into the store and there was one there. Did our parents deal with this when we wanted a Nintendo for Christmas? I, my mom wanted to get me a Cabbage Patch Kid and couldn't. Hmm. Like, there were shortages. Well, like that one year, that first year. Yeah, oh yeah. And then I feel like the year yeah. after that, there were too many Cabbage Patch Kids. That's totally yeah. plausible. Yeah, like... And then we had Sauerkraut Kids Elmo's for months. And, yeah. <laughs> because the Cabbage Patch Kids rotted. Yeah. That was... Okay, that's pretty good. Because um, that's what Sauerkraut is, right? Ah, <laughs> oh, man. And, the, and there's that there's that big patch of uh, kimchi kids in the yeah. Nevada <laughs> desert that they're, they're going to unearth someday. <laughs> Uh, I remember my mom struggling to buy a Cabbage Patch Kid, but it was for herself. Uh, yeah, yeah. Because she she wanted to make and sell clothes, uh, clothes for Cabbage Patch Kids because she identified a, a market opportunity, which so, then then she did for years and until they stopped being fashionable. Like what you do then, like you don't need the actual Cabbage Patch Kid. You like fashion one out of wood so you can fit the clothes to it. Oh, you have like a last. Except it's instead of a foot, it's a Cabbage Patch Kid. Yeah, but I think you'd have to have one to know how big it was, right? Like, you couldn't just go on the internet then because there wasn't one. It would definitely be harder to get the measurements, you're right. You could borrow one, though. Okay, yeah, that's true. But I think she, I mean, I think she kind of wanted one to have as a model. Right. It was one of the, it was a preemie, which I guess the deal with those is that they're prematurely born babies like Riff, and so they require extra (laughs) care like Riff. (laughs) Is this a thing about Riff? Riff, is this a thing about you? Yeah, Riff was born extremely prematurely, right? Yeah, like, okay. like 10 weeks. And then, so you lived in a, like a, like a, 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 like a, a uh, I was going to say a Fabergé egg. What yeah. I meant was, <laughs> was plexi, was plexiglass. You were yeah. born in a Ming vase. I, I remember like back when I watched TV, like in the 90s, seeing ads for like, uh, like dolls that, oh, these are preemie dolls, like meaning that they're like premium. They, exactly. They, yeah. they, were, they came out of the factory without before the arms had been attached. Yeah. <laughs> oh, these are dolls that are like medically endangered and might die. 
Right. So that so they can sell you a, a cabbage patch incubator. Right. And NICU. Uh, what native natal intensive care unit? Oh, okay. Natal intensive care unit. Okay. NICU. NICU. Yeah, that's NICU too, buddy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I went to uh, I went to a, a, a cabin in the woods. Uh oh, yeah, yeah. It, was, it was one of those. I, did you what what uh, particular way of horrible deaths did you guys choose? Uh, did you choose I, Kevin? Yeah, <laughs> it's so good. It is really so good that you were one of the options there. Yep. The uh, <laughs> puzzle death. I, I think I I think I talked about going to this place before, uh, but it's just a place where you can rent cabins, and it's like a kind of a it's like a big farm. So there's some hippies that live there. And, you can you can rent cabbage. Uh, n- well, I don't know if they grow cabbage or not. Um, okay. We bought you you can buy a box of produce, and it's just whatever happens to be handy uh, that day. We got kale and it's always ar- kale arugula. Okay. The worst vampire. Yeah. And some strawberries. <laughs> Okay. Uh, so that was pretty good. Had they been drained of their vital yeah, essences? Yeah, they, they were just bleach white strawberries. <laughs> they tasted like bones. Uh, uh, and then last night, uh, I I thought this was tomorrow night. I didn't think I was going to be able to talk about it on, the, oh, on yeah. the podcast. But then I luckily, I looked at the ticket and learned that it was last night. I went to this like woodworking workshop. Oh, wow. If you had missed that, that would have been so sad. That would have been really sad. Yeah. I tried to sign up for a different one where it, it was over the course of a couple of days and it was like 10 hours. And I think you you did a thing. There's a thing that you see a lot in like the DIY Reddit. Um, if you ever look at Whenever I don't ever go to the DIY subreddit, but when something makes it to the front page, I always go and look at the entire photo gallery because I just really like hmm. looking at progress photos of like things being built or mm-hmm. things being fixed and Do stuff. Do you not like go down like Instructables rabbit holes? No, because that's like what that whole that's site what that is. whole thing is. No, every time I went there, it was like here's how to make it some fucking pipe cleaner bullshit. Mm. That's no, nothing. They've got like full. I, I, I think I only ever went to like random oh. like whatever the most recent Instructables that's posted terrible. were, and it was like here's how to here's how to twist a gum wrapper into a bent gum wrapper. <laughs> Ta da! <laughs> There's a, couple a series of, guys. of twelve photos. There's a couple of guys on. Uh, uh, YouTube that I subscribe to who their thing is like lathing. Mm, that's pretty satisfying to watch. Yeah. But the, so this thing that I, that I was talking about that this big workshop would have been is like you get a bunch of different kinds of wood and then you like plane them out and you glue them together in a pattern and sand them down and, and make a cutting board like with different kinds of wood. And that's a, the 10 a, hour one. Yeah. That's the 10 hour one. Huh. Which, because so that a cutting requires, board is 10 hours. That requires gluing and leaving it overnight. Sure. Um, whereas what this was was just taking like a what was effectively one board that had been sawed into sections and making like this triangular shelf out of it. So it's like here's how to use a chop saw. Here's how to use a router to like sort of bevel the edge. Here's how to here's how to glue stuff and use a nail gun. And here's uh, so like super some, some stamp, basic very stuff. very very rudimentary. Yeah. You probably knew 80% of that, I'm guessing. Or I could have, like, looked at the machines and figured out right. how to use them. Here's how you use a chop saw. You turn it on, you put the board down, and then you chop yeah, the wood. Like, <laughs> and, and it was just a lot of things like, make sure these are all facing the right direction if you want the, like, chirality of the triangle that you're making to be correct. And so it's like, yeah. you know, it's fine. But, yeah, it this place does other courses, and I think that I would probably go back and do something more complicated. Now I have this shelf. Sure. Uh, that you can like mount in the I corner of a store some room. Triangles. Well, no, it's like an equilateral triangle that like hangs on the wall. What? And has two shelves. Yeah, it's real goofy. This is like a this is like a weird artisanal wood shop that makes things to sell to like uh, 
uh, not Pier One, but other places like that. Like they make they make like furniture to sell at a huge markup at like Urban Outfitters. Okay. Um, weird like weird shaped wall hanging shelves and things like that, and they do it all with like wood that they. Wood that they get from the dump. Wood that they and, could. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Wood that they could get from barns when barns get torn down or whatever. The, he was talking about this thing that, <laughs> uh, that I think is pretty interesting. There is a piece of software that you can put – you can cut a piece of wood perpendicular to the grain – so that you've got some rings visible on it. You can tell this program what kind of wood it is and approximately where it grew. And it will tell you how old it is by figuring out the, cause the widths of the rings depend on how rainy the spring right. was. Right. And it can just look at some wood and tell you, Oh yeah, this tree was from 1450 or whatever. What I don't understand is where the fuck does that data come from? And when I asked, he didn't know, and the rest of the class thought that I was an asshole <laughs> for asking an irrelevant question. But well, I'm so I'm like, guessing like how did the scientists before figure recorded it out? history? How do they know how much rainfall there was in any given year? The, they by counting trees. by counting by looking like, at tree well, rings they, that like, they know. I, I remember are I don't remember where I read about this, but I remember the process being like they look at they they take the data they have. And then they find another tree where, like, the last few rings match the first few rings of the data right. they have. Mm. And then they have the data for going back to that tree's origin. Okay. Okay. I guess that makes sense then. Well, I mean, you also just have trees that are, like, 2,000 years old in certain areas. Yeah. So, yeah. so I guess you can just count back if you've cut down a big tree. Yeah. And, yeah. Well. Anyway, that was neat. That um, is cool. I, and he just had this block of wood and he was like, yeah, we put it on the scanner. And he's like, this is 1,000 years old. I'm like, okay, that's cool. He explained how cells work and why wood breaks. <laughs> really? Yep. I mean, that's cool. Yeah, it was fine. It was fine. I, I wish that it had been, I wish that it had been five times as much material or one fifth the time, but that's just sort of true of all instruction. Sure. Right? Like I'm very impatient. Well, and yeah. And this was like, there was just a lot of safety. Like, don't touch the whirling sharp metal thing. Like, the, you know, there's a lot of liability. And then there was free beer. It wasn't free. There was beer. You didn't have to pay for the beer, but you did have to pay for the I'm workshop. I'm assuming you couldn't do any more work once you started drinking the beer? You couldn't do any more work with the power tools. Right. Uh, it was just uh, sanding. And you could use the nail gun after after the beer. Nail gun's <laughs> pretty hard to hurt somebody with. I know it's I not a lethal weapon because you it's, have to like push it up against. Them. Yeah, like, you can't just the shoot them across the room. That's right? that's like, true. Well, you could if you could figure out a way to well, engage to override the, the yeah to override the safety. Yeah. The whole idea is that you're that's hard. Right? Were you around when we used the when I was building the chicken coop in Arizona and Wes the animator had that nail gun that used twenty two rifle cartridges. To, it was just bullets, but with nails in them instead of. Lead, holy murder, shit! These artisanal, handcrafted nail bullets. It's it's just a kind of nail gun that they used to have before pneumatic ones. Oh, so, I guess. so someone's someone once manufactured these. Yeah, it's like an, I mean, you can still buy the ammo for it. It's like okay. a plastic. It's like caps, except instead of like a little plastic tub with some gunpowder in it, it's just a twenty-two cartridge. Like, yeah, it was nuts. It's fun. It's for nailing into concrete. Uh -huh. Um. Anyway, Why don't you just shoot the concrete. 
Yeah. Just to make shoot a hole. the concrete and then just put a get a nail the size of the hole. Yeah. Yeah. It would be way easier. Because <laughs> that's when you shoot concrete, it never like bounces off or anything. It just drills down until. Yeah, it yeah. Stops. It's like every bullet is like a drill. Yeah. Every that's, drill is like a wind. That's what those spiral riflings down the barrel of the gunner for. Yeah, yeah. Spin for... the bullet so it drills into it into your concrete. I remember when we used to play spin the bullet. <laughs> it's like the children's version of Russian roulette. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a bottle of bullet. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, what have you been up to, Jim? I've been listening to a podcast called Tannis. Um, T-A-N-I-S? N-I-S, yeah. Okay. About oh. somebody named Tannis? It's a, so it's named after the Egyptian city, but okay. um, in the story, the Egyptian city Tannis is named after like uh, an older legend. Um, the, what is the legend named after? Uh, that's not never made clear. Isn't okay. that one of the Dragonlance characters? Oh yeah. God, Tannis, no, one I, of the halflings. I uh, believe it is. That sounds I, very familiar. Possibly, he, he's got he fights that, with the lacrosse that, stick. They never go into <laughs> Dragonlance lore. He, in he this only podcast. drinks lacrosse soda. <laughs> um, it's a fiction. It's like it's it's, it's a fictional podcast uh, made in the style of serial investigating this so legend. So you weren't really listening to it? You just were imag- like you were reading about you listening to it. <laughs> I, I don't get it. It's a fictional podcast. Okay. It doesn't really exist. Okay, I get it. Yes. <sighs> <Yeah>. um. <laughs> so it's like it's not based in fact. It's not like an actual sort of like archaeological. It's like style. a false. It's like a false documentary. Yeah. Okay. Is yeah. it good? Is, is it like, like fantastical? Is it? It's, it's fantastical. It's um. It's like a lime town kind of thing. It's a lime town kind of thing. Okay. Like the same kind of tone, the same kind of documentary tone, the same kind of like. Is a lime town a joke on crime town? I don't think so. Okay. I don't, yeah, I don't. I, I like lime town a lot uh, more than this. Um, mm. and this is this is okay. It's got the it's got the like the. The House of Leaves kind of like tropes to it. Mm. Um, the I talked about um, what what are the what are the relevant House of Leaves tropes for those of us who borrowed this book from Riff fifteen years ago and <laughs> uh, never gave it back with and still haven't read it. I think like meta the sort of things like um, a weird place in the woods where bad shit happens, or in some cases like like mystical but not necessarily bad shit. Uh, Spa- spaces that don't make physical sense. Okay. Um, and it's also got like, um, I, I talked like maybe six months ago about, about reading, uh, Jeff Vandermeer book. I think it was Annihilation. And I, I ended up like giving up on that like six months, six, well, not six months, like halfway through it, uh, because it just developed. Were you thinking into of the nonsense. book as a year and you I gave was, up six I months through it? Yeah. Exactly. No, I do exactly shit like that happened. all the time. It's so good. <laughs> Did you ever listen to um, the uh, the message the podcast? Yeah, that one I I couldn't get through because like the the, the scientists in it like just didn't act like scientists. Okay, um, it was more of a so it was like drama. Prometheus. It was it did like bother me in the same way that God. Prometheus did. Yeah. <sighs> um, <sighs> and tennis, the, the what what's broken about <laughs> it is that like. Um, it's to- like the 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 subject of the story is in like is this weird legend that has all these modern conspiracies uh g- going around um and like 
like Illuminati, Illuminati type, type stuff. stuff. Like okay. one of the one of the things that keeps happening in the story is that like um, they turn up data that was like on the internet and then was shortly deleted, like okay. by some like weird corporate like cover up thing because they detected that somebody was looking into this. Well, no, it was deleted like shortly after it was posted. Okay, by like some organization that was like trying to hide uh, this uh, this thing's existence. Okay. Um but Jason but, Scott was there to save the day. But well in this case it's <laughs> a hacker that uh, we're, we're like she will like uncover this information and she's portrayed as this incredible badass which is I don't know I like that character but what's broken about it is that in the fiction this podcast exists and is not being immediately deleted and covered up. Mm. Uh which just doesn't make Jive. any sort of sense and it but it's not like coming at you from pirate broadcast station like it just is like oh download the next episode of this on itunes yeah. where it's just there right in front yep. of god and the government and everybody yeah okay and you know i i am you know i'm a sucker for those tropes but um it just doesn't hold together got a thing a podcast that you did like that that the first episode was listed on itunes but like kept changing you kept changing the feed like you were reposting it over and over again uh. and you just told them where to find the future episodes and at like a sort of a combination you know set piece podcast yeah. slash arg yeah that'd be pretty good yeah there was a, a short story um i think the original short story was called terror at Hupman's cave um, and it was adapted to be a website, um, that played a little bit with those tropes. And it was, I was also a very, like, I can't remember the name of the website, which I, is the better, ver like, I read the, I read the original short story and the website is the better version. Hmm. Uh, but I don't remember, like, what that one was called. There was also that, um, that thing that I, I want to say I discovered it like last Halloween and I think it is maybe over now, but that it was a story that was just played out in a bunch of Reddit comment posts oh, nice. from different people, different accounts that were different characters, accounts of the weird shit that was going on that ended up getting like super close to what Stranger Things was mm -hmm. in in the the way that the sort of metaphysics of the world worked, a kind of horrific like weird like flesh portal between two dimensions um but this one was about like when enough when you get enough people on lsd in the same place it will open these weird flesh portals huh so okay. like every rave yeah <laughs> yeah that's yeah but it, it, it this thing this threat takes place at every rave that's the setting of the story <laughs> did you ever have a, a crazy flesh portal open up at a rave no no i never did friend of mine told me once that he went through uh the second hexagon okay did he he didn't elaborate no. that was the, the, the terry cavanaugh <laughs> I, I game didn't right care. i didn't care to ask <laughs> yeah that makes sense do you recommend tannis uh anyone for tannis <laughs> i i think um I think it's if you if you are like if you like those sorts of tropes, I think at least the first season is worth listening through. It, it, it ends in an interesting way. How long is it? Uh, probably ten hours for that first season. Okay. I really need to listen to Limetown. I listened to the first couple episodes two years ago and never went back to it. I liked Limetown a lot. I had never heard of it, so hmm. it's ten podcast episodes, I think, and they're you know ninety nine percent invisible length. Okay. Um, they're 99% inaudible. <laughs> what about you, Kevin? What have you been up to? 
Mostly just working. Good. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I haven't. I have not really uh, left my home. I wake up. I sit down on the couch. I work, and then I go to sleep. I sometimes eat. Did Did you have any interesting dreams? I've been having a lot of kind of weird dreams, like sort of fever dreams about bug reports and stuff. <laughs> I've been having a lot of stress dreams about having to coordinate groups of people. Okay. Um, oh, man. You know what's great, Jim? Self-inflicted crunch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, you were. why do you hate Heroes? Wait, Heroes the TV show? No, just heroes like the guy who who free climbed uh, El Capitan, oh and you God. want everybody to shut up about him because you think it's dangerous. Oh, 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 that guy. Yeah, um, yeah, that, that hero. Really, that is a really bad thing to do. I think. I it it like I don't give a shit it. that he did it. I I it bothers me that he like courted the press and like made a big deal about it, and then the press went and like wrote a bunch of articles talking about how this guy is great. Specifically, like it's like and and like all of sports is like oh I was talking to Larry Fine about this like all of sports is a gray area where like um you can do more dangerous shit and that that makes you and because being a better athlete is more dangerous than like than not trying as hard um but this is a really like black and white example of shit people should not what do. he did was not any harder than climbing it with safety equipment it was just more dangerous mm-hmm. it is actually easier yeah because you don't have to carry the gear yeah um technically yeah it's just well except for, and also the fear of and, death and, and so like what makes <laughs> i don't think that guy has any of that well there, there was That's an article like a, I, I actually really like the article on fox sports that, that like went into his brain chemistry um where he like that apparently like Scientists studied him and determined that he literally does not fear things. Oh, well, um, so. It's, so it's just not even the same. Yeah. So he's Remember, the only one who's allowed to wear those no fear shirts. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. He's the only one. I mean, he'd, he'd wear the wallets, but they have chains on them, and he's not afraid of getting his wallet stolen. <laughs> so what's the point? Did, was it your fear. friend... Tammy, the doctor who was talking about how horrible she thought it was that so many people were running marathons. No, it was well, some it might have been. But it was I like a fr- it was like a it was like a doctor friend of a friend talking about this. The idea that everyone who tries hard enough should be able to run a marathon is just resulting in so many people being injured, injured or hospitalized with trying to run a fucking marathon related death. <laughs> Yeah, like, there's definitely, they they can really wreck your legs. There's definitely a thing here where, like, exercise is good for you, but that doesn't mean that more exercise is always better. Like, Olympic athletes fuck themselves up, like, because, like, peak performance is bad for you. It is bad for your body. Um, and, like, I I could easily see a running a marathon being falling in that, like, outside of the healthy window for maybe even most people. Yeah, I was going to say there there is a subset of people for whom these kinds of things, like, you know, ultra marathoners clearly are yeah. a different kind and, of I mean, it seems like breed. those are the people that were running marathons in the 70s, you well, know. No, but now it's like, well, you should be – if you're a person who wants to be in shape, you should be able to run a marathon. And this the idea that I found expressed by this doctor, whoever it was, was like, nope. I don't know. It might have been 
Dr. Doolittle. The fact that you, if you do it right, if you like train up to it, it is a lot less dangerous. I mean, oh, yeah. it's just, that's sort of like building up the, the body calluses, I guess, you know. I guess, you know, also, indoor like, rock climbing is more dangerous than not indoor rock climbing. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, but also, like, if you train up to it, you're going to, like, if your body fails, it's going to fail in a less severe way than if you tried to just immediately sure. launch into a... <laughs> I, I did have a friend who ran a marathon, and the only training he he did was switched from skim milk to 2% milk for the week before. <laughs> <laughs> But this is also this is the same kid that tried to break the world record for crawling. Did he successfully run the marathon? He did successfully run the marathon. So he wasn't a runner. Nope. Why did the milk have anything to do with anything? Nope. That's just just a joke. I mean, that's he did. He actually did do that. He said, and he did. He did that. that but he that was his. Like was, that was that's his what preparation. it was for. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Um. He had. He's had such an interesting life. He, he's he's been run over by a like a Mack truck. How did he prepare for that? Uh, he didn't okay um, he shit himself beforehand he so it would be milk less of a hassle for the paramedics yeah yeah ah uh, guys do you want to talk about video games yeah sure. i guess so hey riff have you played any um well one and a half i guess i've i've been playing around with this not exactly a game app but it's like a a thing called oh, the uh, toy that 40 toy thing no i don't know what that is oh Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I want to talk about that. You can tell us about that one. Um, But uh, no, it's this thing called Tiny Cards, which is like flashcard software. Um, But they've they've set it up to be like game like. Like you you pick. They have like a catalog of different sets of flashcards. You can get ones about like Japanese characters and and so on. That's that's what I've been been memorizing uh, hiragana. But they they set it up as like levels. They kind of gamify it, so they set it up as levels. And when you get a card right, it uh, uh, it makes the pleasing sound effects and so on. But uh, the the interesting part of it beyond that is that uh, if you sign up an account. Uh, for the thing, um, the app includes software for making your own flashcard stacks and, and the, the quizzes that go along with them. So you can, like, anything you happen to know about or either know about and want to provide flashcards to other people or anything you want to learn about and make your own flashcards for, you can just do that. And it, and it automatically sets up this system for them. So that's pretty cool. Um, the, the actual game that I played this past week was, uh, Monument Valley 2. Oh, yeah. Which, like, sneak, sneaky surprise came out. Like, apparently it, yeah, apparently they hadn't announced been, that at all. Yeah, it, like, it, they didn't announce it until a week after it had already been out. Oh, what, wow, really? really? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's super good. It's friggin' beautiful, even more so than the original. I guess not announcing something allows you to have sort of a soft launch where you can like work out bugs and stuff. Yeah. yeah. And then you get the, the, this is coming out and in fact it's out right now. Go get it right now. Yeah. I really like it when that happens. Right yeah. I really like when I find out about a game and then I can just go play it. Yeah. The, the whole thing of everything being a preview now is a real bummer to me. <laughs> 
because then every you have like to, art every article about stuff you yeah mean? like yeah because because the, then like instead of just being able to go and get that thing you now have to remember that that thing will eventually exist <laughs> because yeah, that's the point right not, that's... you may or may not hear about it when it actually comes out well, they got to market it. You got to you got to put it on a wish list. You got to set up a Google alert. You got to yeah, yeah, man. I don't know. I really do wish that like I could go to Touch Arcade and just check a box that was like only show me things that I can just buy. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, I also wish that there was any business model whereby Touch Arcade could exist as a thing that didn't have to be <laughs> like basically supported by the charity of its users. Like, say, you know, <laughs> a model where the users paid for it. <laughs> Internet. <laughs> uh, it's so this tiny cards thing looks like it's published by Duolingo. So it's yeah. like just mm-hmm. the the um, language learning thing. Do you have anything other like what what would you Jim? What would you do with flashcards if you could make your own flashcards? If you wanted to memorize something, what if would I, you memorize? I mean, if I wanted to make my own flashcards, I'd just write a program to do it. That would be the easiest way. Like, would you write it in Flash? Oh. I would probably use Python or HyperCard. Um, HyperCard. I have actually like, what was it? There was a there was a. Um, a particular tool that I remember learning about a few years ago that was, it was, it was one of these flashcards. It was a spaced repetition t- learning tool. Uh, and I was reading about how like Dan Schmidt, um, si- like after plateauing at like something like, uh, this was the, the dual task thing. Was this? Okay. No, no, no. Uh, dual end back was something dual else. Okay. This was, this was like someone who like, Looking at like chess openings in, in a flashcard program. Yeah. In a spaced repetition program. Uh, Dan Schmidt went from like, uh, 1800 to 2100 or something like that oh, after wow. plateauing at 1800 for a decade. Um, ELO ranking. Yeah. Something like that. Like, I don't remember the actual numbers, but it was a big jump. Wow. He owns 2100 ELO albums. <laughs> <laughs> it's, well, they didn't make that many. So there's a lot of duplicates. Okay. <laughs> What do, they, what do you call it if you sell a thousand copies of a record? They went That's copper. the word anniversary, right? Yeah. Um, uh, and I remember thinking like, oh, yeah, I should like try to think of something to memorize that would help me in my life. And I couldn't think of anything. Yeah, I can't think of anything either. Can you think of anything that memorizing it would help you in your life, Kevin? Uh, so the, the most recent time I tried to make flashcards, I think, was in college uh, where I was – trying to memorize Chinese characters. It was hard as hell. I'm really bad at it. Uh, and then before that, I had made a bunch of flashcards uh, with like integrals and how to solve them, like mm-hmm. that kind of thing, because that was something that I was also really bad at uh, remember- remembering. Yeah, there's a lot of memorization in calculus. But neither of those things do I use anymore. <laughs> Like, I'll sometimes see some Chinese characters and be like, oh, I can sort of read that. But it's only when they're talking about, like, China or there's, America or something. There's like a, I think there's a name for the psychological phenomenon where, like, if something is easy to Google, people are less likely to remember it. 
but you don't remember the name of the phenomenon because it's, it's really I, easy it to would Google. be so easy to Google it. Yeah. William, I've been sort of off and on reading Head in the Cloud, a William Poundstone book about uh, about that. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, it's about how nobody's good at trivia anymore, and oh, being good at trivia. That's a really clever title. I like that. Yeah, and being good at trivia is also just like demonstrated to like make you better at stuff. Huh. Like you make more money and. You know, you're taller. <laughs> it's kiss some, kiss some more ladies. There, yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, but out millennials these days, they don't remember anything. <laughs> I, that's I don't that's the gist of the book. <laughs> I, yeah. I remember always being impressed by your memory and ability to call up at will things like song lyrics and stuff, which I just could never do. I forgot what I was going to say. Good. Uh. Yeah, I, I, you know what? Maybe I should make flashcards for like Morse code and semaphore. Oh, yeah. Because being able to just do that in just my head sight reading would, would be just, so yeah, being able to nice. sight read semaphore and Morse code would make like puzzled pint easier. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah. I, I, I sh- that's like, a great idea. I feel like I, um, spell things in the event of a miscommunication enough that I could learn the NATO alphabet usefully. Right. Yeah. R as in R- Richie. G as in Jitchy. All I can think of is Richie X. <laughs> Q K- as in Quitchy. Uh, K as in Do you, you guys know Richie X? P, P as in Pitchy. Uh, Richie X is a Wikipedia user um, that um, uh, provides uh, photo illustrations for like anything to do with the human penis on Wikipedia. Okay. It's just like this is his thing is that like he keeps uploading photos of like when his whenever, own dick or it, you, well I, I'm pretty sure like it looks the same every time so um, when you say this the is same thing you mean it's that a, ah, oh it's not just like that tumblr the same the same picture of Dave Coulier's dick every day <laughs> <laughs> he's actually taking new dick pics uh, it's, yeah it seems like that yeah he's joining the Cobra Club every day <laughs> he's uh he's like a superhero like if if you need a picture of the human phallus, like his he's you don't even there. have to tell him he'll oh, just yeah. show up. Yeah, and like where oh where can I get a picture of a dick? Oh hi Richie, hello, <laughs> that's his voice. You fang? Here's a picture of my wiener. <laughs> that's what he sounds like. And his name is really Richard. Do you think? I, I oh, oh my god, I never mm, thought about that. Mm. I have no idea. Oh man, so maybe Dick X is like he wants to. He wants to be the dick that fills in the X whenever there's a missing image on the web. Okay. Yeah. No, that's kind of a stretch. What if I? What if he needed a picture of a stretched out penis? Oh, he would definitely do that. What if I made a Wikipedia article that was like different ways of nailing dicks to things? <laughs> would he then have to? I, I think. I think he would. Mm-hmm. I think. You should make the make the stub and then is, send him a message directly. Yeah, is that more interesting than the least interesting Pokemon? I don't know if it, <laughs> I don't know if it meets notability guidelines. Do all the Pokemon have a, their own page, or that are they was, like that yeah. was the criteria for a long, criteria yeah, for not, a long time? They they concatenated a lot of them. It's like yeah, I feel like they like now there's have Pikachu like a page now, for and like then there's like thirty or whatever. Yeah. Okay. Weird. Concatenate what? sounds like a, the name of a Pokemon. It does. To me. Well, it's the ev- evolved form of Concatenate 7. Right. <laughs> uh, Jim, did you play any video games? Uh, I played, uh, started playing a game called Rime, R-I-M-E, um, which- I remember seeing that at PAX. 
Yeah, I first took note of it in like 2013, where it looked like it had been in a development for a couple of years already. So like, this game has been been being made have having been made for a while, um, and um, it. I wish it were like it. it so it's it's taking uh the the eco um um not not the structure but like the like if you took the protagonist out of eco and had puzzles like in eco and had the the character like move around like that and had like the eco is, style eco is where you're leading uh you're leading a, yeah you're a little girl dragon through like a, a bunch of environments dragon uh, like a light princess through a, a ruined castle what do they call it's like they they the way that game is described genre wise is just the name of the studio that made Eco and Shadow of the Colossus and I I mean Team Eco is what I keep hearing people refer to it as hmm. um and uh, what's that, the that, most that team recent one, the Last Guardian that team went on to make Shadow of the Colossus and I don't know if they also made the Last Guardian in the end but they were working on it for a while. Hmm. But this is like this. Are you moving? Or or is it first person? Is it third person? It's third person. You're a little boy running around. Um, It seems a little bit more open worldy than Eco is. It's definitely less polished in terms of like uh, movement feel. So like, there's a lot of cases where like you're trying to do something, but like another an older animation is still playing, so you have to wait for that to finish before you can do the new thing. Like that happens a lot, and Mm. it's. It it feels kind of clunky, um, but it's real pretty. It's it's uh, it's kind of like cell shaded, right? Like the it's. I don't know if it literally is, but it's kind of like that. Yeah. Do you know how cell shading works? Well enough to describe it? Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> no, I mean I could come up with a hypothesis for you if you wanted. Um, but well, uh, that might be what our listeners want. Uh, sure. So, like, also, could you tell us about the different kinds of enemies in Doom? <laughs> we we already did that. Let's. Okay. So, Zach, copy and paste the conversation we had with JP over this sentence. Um. Uh, my hypothesis is that um, uh, for each um pixel in the pixel shader, it takes the normal of the surface, um, takes the dot product of that with the what's a normal. Uh, the 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 vector facing away up. from the surface. Okay, so like parallel, like a perpendicular line leading out from the polygon. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, but like in the case of like a, they would well, they'll sometimes like have a normal at each vertex and then interpolate across to get a more curved. How do you have a normal at a vertex? Uh, it's usually the average of all the polygons that the vertex. Um, uh, touches. Interesting. Okay. So, like, if if you're talking about something with um, a hard surfaces that's like that's made of like explicitly of like hard faces, then um, the vertex like you you won't have um shared vertices at, at, at uh between polygons because the uh vertex normal will have to be different for each polygon. Um, at least that's. No, I feel I feel like that might be like a bad way to model it, but um, that's that's how like the 3D code I've written worked that way. Um, uh, so like, take the normal at the surface, and this if this is like a like a um, a smooth surface, like you are interpolating between vertices. So like the normal might be different for every point in the surface. Just uh, 
Mm. So there's a little bit of a curve to it. Um, and you would take the uh, dot product of that with the camera vertex to get the angle between the two. And then um, maybe then um, or, or do that with a light source, maybe. And then, like, have a hard cutoff where, like, if the angle is greater than a certain value, you have a darker shade value. So, like, it's in shadow. Yeah. And if the camera is lighter than that, you have a lighter shade value. That would be my, like, first draft of that sort of um, algorithm. Okay. I haven't thought about dot products and cross products in a long time. (laughs) Yeah. Like... The last time I really thought hard about them was in like 2002 where like I was do- like for real, like I'm going to make a 3D game mm-hmm. and I got a book on linear algebra and I read it enough to like um, figure out like what I, what I think the problems I was trying to solve was like um, which side of a polygon is a point on. Mm-hmm. Um like finding the intersection between a line segment and a polygon, that sort of thing. Sure. And like once I had written like that one algorithm, I was like, okay, I can build the engine from here. And I stopped reading the book. Um, I I wonder if there's any like math course where everything is just taught through jokes. Like what do you get when you cross an elephant and a grape elephant grape sine theta? (laughs) Right. Why you can't, can't, the, why can't a mountain climber fuck a mosquito? (laughs) Yeah. Um, it's too small. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. That'll be funny for like two math guys. <laughs> anything else? Uh, so, or do you have anything else to say about rhyme? Yeah, not really. Maybe, maybe, maybe I'll finish it uh, and say, have more to say next week. Um, do you have a reason our listeners uh, should play man, rhyme? No. Uh, I would just say like, go play eco again, probably. Okay. Um, so you're more eco-friendly in this <laughs> conversation. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, uh, Riff, you love it. I started another campaign in Prey. I didn't expect to do this, oh, but yeah. like, um, uh, you Willow specifically said you weren't going to do this. Yeah, Willow came back from the vet and was like all drugged up and lie- and she couldn't climb the stairs because she was so stoned. And I was like, okay, I'll hang out with you downstairs. And since I was right in front of the TV, I was like. I'm just going to start playing Prey again. And so then now now I've started another character and I'm just playing it again. What are you doing different this time? Um, so my first time through, I uh, used only uh, the um, human uh, neuromods, which I had no idea at the time how much that was handicapping me. So I talked about how hard this game was. I think I would have had a much easier time if I were more, if I were like, it didn't even occur to me like, Oh, of course I'm just going to use the human neuromods this time. It didn't even occur to me that that would make it harder Mm. Um, because they are weaker than the other ones. No, just because like they're like the, which ones that are really good are evenly distributed among them. Oh, okay. Um, and, uh, this time I'm doing only Typhon neuromods, which like, um, I, I don't know if it's like, I, I know, I know exactly how much it's handicapping me. And the thing that is most annoying is that, um, the, uh, upgrade that increases your suit inventory size is a human neuromod. Mm. So like, I'm constantly running back to the recycler and, and like, no matter where I am on the spaceship, I know where the nearest recycler is. I should show you, I wonder, I wonder if I still have it. My, uh, system shocks two save game where. Uh, I just 
literally everything that was not nailed down, I just carried back to one room and just stockpiled it all Mm -hmm. and just had piles of every kind of object from the game. That is fun. I like that. That reminds me of like people polypiling in NetHack. Mm, Yeah. Um. Oh, uh, another thing, like another difference that I've noticed is that like my first time through the game, I was, uh, I was scared of all the monsters. Like I didn't know how to deal with them. I didn't know what their powers were. And so like, I would like see like an enemy that I didn't know what to do about. And I would just not go in that room. And I would like, I was, I'm going to come back to that later. And maybe I did, maybe I didn't. And, and as a result, like I missed a lot of stuff in the early parts of the game because I just didn't go places. Mm. Um, and this time around, I'm like, yeah, I know how to deal with these guys. And so like, I'm being much more thorough in what I see, which is part of the reason I wanted to replay it was just to like, see all the stuff. So you're going to do all the side quests? I probably will. Yeah. Like I, and this, uh, like by that, I mean, I probably will do that before I finish it. And I don't know, but I don't know if I'm going to do either one of them. Right. Yeah. So yeah, I. Really, really digging prey. Really still like uh, the game is a huge fucking mess, but I love it so much. Did you do the weird like Dungeons and Dragons treasure hunt thing on your first playthrough? I did a bunch of it accidentally. Yeah, me too, but I didn't ever bother. Yeah, I never like I think I found like three of the four like digits like without even knowing that I had. And it's it was weird when like the games was like, oh, yeah, you found this, this, this secret when like I hadn't been aware that that digit on the wall was significant in any way, mm. but the game tells you, Oh yeah, that's you found this secret and now you need to, it automatically writes it down for you. Oh, I see. So those maps tell you where to go to see numbers on the wall. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then like, I think it ends up being a code to a safe or something like that. Yeah. What's in the safe? I don't know. It feels it's- like it should be something really cool, but I bet it's not. I mean, I, I did a similar thing. 500 neuromods. <laughs> it, it's, it's probably like a decent thing, but probably like, I, I, like the coolest thing it could have is like a lore dump, you know, like, uh, some interesting, like I did a similar thing where there was, uh, uh, like I found a letter, I think that someone had written to like, um, his, his lover, like, uh, come, like find the the hidden cache under the oh the tree where we carved our initials yeah, yeah, yeah I never yeah. found that uh, I I did and it led to like uh, a room a room <clears throat> with some stuff in it but more interesting was like the narrative the narrative that was in there yeah that's cool yeah I'm I'm all for like rewards being story yeah. or like yeah yep. like some I sort feel of like interesting wh- thing what I would want to be in that safe would be like a bag of fake jewels and like a yeah. fake scroll of fireball or something like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah but then it turns out that that scroll got taken over by the typhon and it gives you like a sick fireball power <laughs> <laughs> I, I've got a sick fireball power with my typhon upgrade yeah it seems like with the typhon upgrades you really become just a, a bioshock mm-hmm and that seems like it would make combat really different. Like if Psy were a resource that mattered at all. Well, it 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 matters when if you're using Typhon upgrades yeah. because they all use Psy. Yeah. Also, that there's a side quest that you can do that lets you. And this seems this like the way that I imagined this working 
was piggybacking on a system that I think was so badly designed that I just refused to engage with it. Mm-hmm. But there's a side quest that you can do that makes it so you dump some kind of mind enhancing stuff into the water tanks and then drinking from space station water supplies recovers some psi in addition to recovering some health. Right. But it recovers so little health. Like basically every time you click a drinking fountain to drink on it, it gives you back one hit point and then it has like a three second cooldown oh, on when you can do it really? again. It's okay. a long time. It's too long okay. for it to be like, it's well, like, I, I, like I would I would be ashamed of myself if I put something like that in a game. If somebody pointed that out to me, I'd be like, oh, oh, fuck, that can't work that way. <laughs> I know I, you're ma- like you're mad because there's some stuff in West of Loathing that you think is exactly like this. But <laughs> I bet I know what you're thinking about. You, But <laughs> you actually have to fight some monsters. <laughs> so like in, in oh, Deus Ex, the way they handled this monsters. was like, oh, are you thinking about the shit shoveling thing? Yes. <laughs> oh, well, that's, that's a funny. Fight. <laughs> that's funny. And it only goes on for so long. It is funny. Yeah. Finite, yeah. yeah. So, in Deus Ex, the way they handled water fountains was like you could drink, and then like as soon as the animation finished, you could drink again. And each time, it healed one hit point. And after it had done like after you'd done this twenty times, it was like the water fountain is out of water. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, and what I, I didn't, what I what I thought how I thought it worked in Prey was that you could drink from water fountain once, and then that was it. Like every you just, water you fountain, never, you never waited longer than three seconds. Well, to like... I certainly didn't think like three. Like if if anything, it would be like a minute cooldown. I would expect mm-hmm. like something that where it would really suck to like sit there and wait. Uh, oh, it does. Okay, <laughs> like if you find two water fountains right next to each other, you can just like kind of go back and forth. But it's still like it's going to take me three minutes to get this free health recovery here. So fuck this. I'm just not going to do it. Yeah. Well, then, and if that was giving you back sigh also, it's like, I don't like maybe, maybe there's an upgrade that like yeah, now drinking from water fountains gives you 20 hit points instead of one. So like the, the drinking fountains are just like health fountains. Yeah. Mm, Which you would like, isn't even that unbalanced. Cause they already have that sort of thing in the game with the med bots. Yeah, that's true. They're, because they're like unlimited use. Although, do they stop working for you if you get two Typhonies? No, no, okay. because I have now like well, unless there's a different cutoff. Like at this point, turrets will shoot at me. Okay. Like the turrets uh, are for the listeners. The turrets um, uh, they dis- determine who to shoot at based on a Typhon like Typhon DNA or like whatever the Typhon equivalent of DNA is. Um, and so if you install like one or two Typhon Neuromods, that's not enough to like trigger them. But once you get past three or four, then they will, uh, flag you as a target and suddenly like they are not your friends anymore. Is that the only reason to hack turrets or I never understood what it did when you hacked a turret? Yeah. I, I never did that in the f- first, my first playthrough. Maybe I'll try it now. I didn't like, I got to the point where I just ignored that option. Yeah. I, I don't even see it anymore. That was something that would occasionally drive me crazy. I would accidentally start the hacking minigame for something, and then there's just no way out of it. Once you start it, you just have to play. And a lot of the time it was when it was a turret, and I was like, I don't even know what this does. Like, I don't – like, all I know is that if I fail this, it's going to do, like, one hit point of damage. Those those seem like such weird decisions. Yeah. Yeah, that that, the hacking minigame specifically feels really, like – awkward i like, liked it i thought i, mean, I thought it, that I thought it was actually it was, pretty fun i thought it worked fine um but like it it 
is so far from like um like I, when I think of hacking mini games that like I'm, for example I'm thinking of like in BioShock they have the um pipe dream pipe dream hacking mini game and that actually feels like you're like rerouting the power or whatever um and in BioShock 2 they just have like a like it's a golf meter basically right. um which I also like cuz it's just so fast um but this one is like it doesn't feel like hacking in any way to me um what if i just had you write some code i would be into that but it would suck on the ps4 controller Mm -hmm. it's the the alpha protocol hacking minigame i thought was pretty fun it's like remembering or like recognizing it was just matching it was just like screens of code Mm -hmm. and you had to just kind of like figure out which one matched the target one so it was like like looking at a bunch of code scrolling by and like picking the correct. Oh, it's one. moving. Yeah. yeah, it was. It got really complicated. Yeah, but it was neat. It it was like I don't know what skill it was testing exactly. And then what was the one where you had to be doing two things at once with each? That was the drunken challenges in. Uh, no, the the, you're you're talking about the Watchdogs thing. There was yeah. another mini game. Maybe maybe the hacking mini game is a different one than I was thinking of because there's also like. There's something where you have to be doing a thing with both hands. That might be – maybe the hacking one is more complicated than I described. From Alpha Protocol? Yeah. Uh, that where you were controlling right. something with the left stick and something else with the right stick. Well, I mean I think you are in that, but it's not the critical. Like you're, no. You mostly just need to pick out the right passwords mm-hmm. or something. Or, but Yeah. How would you do a hacking minigame? I would probably just copy the one from Fallout 3. What's uh, that? Yeah, that was pretty fun. That yeah. was a mastermind thing, wasn't it? Well, sort of. Sort of. It was so once you knew the tricks, you didn't really ever have to engage with it on that level. No, the the trick I did was I wrote a program to solve it for me. Oh, <laughs> you just plug it into your pip boy. <laughs> yeah, you're basically. like basically looking at a memory dump, and there's a bunch of possible passwords in it. And when you click one of them, it uses up one of your guesses and tells you how many letters match. But there are other things out in the noise that you can click that, like, remove duds or reset your number of tries or whatever. But the problem with it was that you could just walk away from it and it resets your tries and there's no punishment for doing that. And so... Just get up to one one try left. Yeah, get up to one try left and then leave, yeah. Because otherwise it's just locked out forever unless you get the perk that makes it not locked out forever anymore. That just seemed like such a... It seemed like a real compromise yeah. that you were able to walk away from it, that somebody was sticking to their guns until the last possible minute before <laughs> it shipped, and then finally were like, fine, fuck you. None of this means anything if you want it to be that friendly. Yeah, right. But I really appreciate that it's that friendly. But you just max it out anyway because you get locked out of terminals for not having a high enough hacking skill whether you would be any good at the game or not. Right. Right, which is, yeah, I don't know. Being locked out of stuff is the worst. Yep. That's why everyone takes lockpicking every time. Yeah. All the time. We have to go out of our way in West of Loathing to make people feel guilty about not taking the other <laughs> skills. So you constantly show them things that they would be getting if they had picked the other skills. Or I, just don't do that, you know? I mean, that's I, another I, thing. I picked lockpicking in West of Loathing. Yeah. And then, like, I ran out of needles immediately and haven't found any since. Yep. That's how it goes. Yep. <laughs> there aren't any more. Okay. Yeah. Ha ha. That's that's the first joke. That's it's not that's that's like, that's like a joke I would make. Yeah. Well. <laughs> um Have you unlocked gamepad support yet? No. You haven't found that power up. <laughs> yeah. Um 
What about the power? You get to roll into a ball and get through small spaces. I think that's one of the silly walks. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, you don't get to go into any spaces. No. Outer space. You can disguise yourself as one of the mugs. from. <laughs> oh, that's another thing that, like, I got that power and I still haven't used it for anything. In Prey? In Prey. Hiding is... As I, I just... I only ever used it to get through those doors where the slats were all loose. Yeah. I didn't understand how you were supposed to get through those otherwise. I don't like I don't get what that is. Like, like I think that was actually the intent is that you're supposed to use mm. mimic for that. I, like, I feel I like didn't... on the bomb cast though, somebody was like, oh the way that I got through those was something like they will like blow them up. They will open with a telekinetic blast or something. Mm. Like yeah. that something that was a complete Surprise to me. Yeah, yeah. Another thing that uh, is only in the human uh, neuromod line is, like, being able to pick up heavy objects. Right. So, like, I've definitely used explosives to get, like, get that fridge out of the way. Well, you can do the, you probably get the, like, poltergeist powers, right? Where you can. Oh, yeah. Where you can telekinesis things around. Yeah, that's probably true. And that. I haven't scanned any poltergeist yet. Mm-hmm. That's, I fucking love the camera system from Bioshock. Mm. so much yeah and that is basically what that is except it's entire skill lines that you unlock by just like seeing enough of what, things what do you get in bioshock it's like little passive boosts and like damage bonuses against that particular yeah, monster i remember doing like that. that i remember like feeling like an idiot like oh this guy's coming at me with a wrench i better get out my camera mm-hmm. uh, and you get bonuses for because it's an action shot when he's hitting you are you, are you sure you're not thinking of uh <laughs> beyond of, good uh, no of uh Fuck. Pokemon What's snap? that horrible repetitive zombie game that should be really good, but it's not because the boss fights are bullshit? Dead. Oh, uh, dead. Dead Rising? Dead Rising, yeah. Dead Rising, yeah. yeah. He's covered you get all the you know. Dead Red Redemption. <laughs> Red Dead Redemption 2 is the name of the fucking sequel to that. Red Dead Re-Redemption. <laughs> Red Dead Devolver. Uh, Red Dead Reckoning. Red Dead... Like, there's... Yeah, like, so... Anything, God. I mean, th- this is like how like nobody knew about Red Dead Revolver. Like that game just basically didn't exist, and so it's like how the GTA series started with three. Like nobody is like even aware of the previous two games. Was Vice City uh, the one after three? Yeah, yeah, but it wasn't really four, right? It was like an expansion yeah. to three, sort of like a standalone. It was the same engine, basically. Yeah, because yeah. that's that was my first. GTA and it was great. Yeah, same. It's my favorite GTA for a long time. I had played a little bit of three before that, but I didn't really. I hadn't played enough of it to really get it. Fuck! I said G- Vice City was my first GTA. I mean, my first 3D GTA. I played the shit out of the first oh. two games. Huh? So like, I'm also like <laughs> part of the problem. <laughs> yeah. I remember playing a demo of GTA. Like the demo G- of GTA One was great. Like it was actually kind of more fun than the full game because it was like time. Li- like you got a bomb on you that's gonna blow up in a minute and a half. Just do as much I as think you, you got can. Like in eight the- minutes, yeah, but like, yeah, like, like yeah. Um, I remember like trying to do score attack. Well, I mean, GTA One was basically a score attack game. Um, yeah. that, that I think was improved by adding a timer to it. Um, it. I remember. Finding out about that game because of the like hand ringy, oh yeah, pearl clutching press coverage mm-hmm. of it. Um, that, I mean, that was a period of time when I was a little further away from games than than I was when I lived with my parents, and they 
bought me games and I had a lot of time to read game reviews in the back of my Dungeons and Dragons magazines and stuff. And then when I had enough money to buy video games, like there was a period when I was young that I just like sort of didn't have a very good computer or any consoles. I lost track of a lot of stuff for a while there. And that was kind of when GTA one and two came out. Right. I'm sure like when I came across it, it was a similar thing. I think a friend had it because of the same, like, and they knew about it because of the same reaction. Take that Lieberman. Take that tipper gore. You, you're the only tipper and you've been doing is tippering me off to the existence of a cool game. I mean, a cool murder simulator. <laughs> they call her tipper because she tips things. Yep, that makes sense. <laughs> tipper gore is what's left over if you knock a cow for under some spikes. Nobody else? Nobody else wants to... <laughs> Nope. I'm supposed to tap this rich vein. Nobody else wants to be a tapper. A tapper gore. Oh, you're just too good at it, Zach. It, we, mm, we can't top no. that. <laughs> you can't topper gore that. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. I, did you play any video games, Kevin? <laughs> I did. I, uh, I played uh, Young Kai's Peak. I kept seeing stuff about that. What is it? That is... Sort of like a Sokoban game on a triangular grid instead of a square grid. So you know, like imagine a bunch of hexes, but okay, it's, but okay. you, you so are you combine are a, that idea with the idea of Sokoban Frogger, and that's you've got a stew going. Okay, um, so you are a pyramid, and your natural uh, your. <laughs> favorite premise for any oh, video game is this a sequel to yonkai's triangle it is okay yeah. i played i played that yeah so yonkai's triangle is, is a puzzle game where you're like flipping triangles around it's 2d and it's fine um it's not i don't i'm not super into it it feels very repetitive to me yonkai's peak though is a full-fledged really good puzzle game um where you are so you're a pyramid you, your natural movement is to roll from one side to the other um so like you're you're on your base and you'll flip over to one of your other sides as you traverse a space. Uh, but instead, you can also pin one of your corners and rotate. Hmm. And uh, that is how you, by rotating you and sliding instead of rolling, you um, can push other blocks around and you are trying to get other uh, pyramid blocks where they belong and then um, and go to where you're... Like your final destination when you have everything in its right place the level ends and you get a new level and there's a bunch of levels and they're fun and interesting and the possibility space is pretty limited because you you can only pin so many corners and move so many ways like even if you're not 100% sure what's what's going to happen like it's it's not like it's super expansive it's it's way less possibility space than like a Steven sausage roll kind of situation right um but yeah, super. When you get super. everything in its right place, do the karma police stop chasing you? Yeah, yeah. Do you say, "Okay, computer, I've <laughs> solved your puzzle"? Uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's it's really satisfying and and fun and good. Uh, and I can't it's think got, of the names of any other Radiohead songs or albums. Pablo, Creep. Honey. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Kenny Sun uh, is also really good at making. Um, you're looking up Radiohead songs now? No. <laughs> okay. Uh, is really good at making like 
the the game feel really cool. Like there's just a there's like a little intro sort of prologue bit, and then this like kind of awesome title sequence, and then a really like it's a good like there's a good creepy weird soundtrack, and uh, and then the end like credit sequence is really cool. I don't, I don't know. It's just it's that kind of detail is really satisfying. Uh, and then I played about an hour of Spelunky, um, more or less for like the first time. Um, I like that game. And it's pretty fun. Yeah. I feel like it's been talked to death, uh, on this and other podcasts, but, uh, not recently. Well, sure. Like but it, maybe, it hasn't changed. I'm no, just yeah. new to it. Yeah. But maybe people are like hungry for more Spelunky content. Uh, sure. I'm not, I like don't have anything sort of new or interesting to add to that discussion. Like, uh, spikes are brutally mean. Yeah, those, <laughs> Do you, those spikes. It took me a you. long time to learn that you can touch them from the sides. I, I knew that from watching other people play. Okay. And you can like lower yourself down onto them or you can land on them if you are floating with a cape or a parachute. Uh, so I've not, I had not, you can like, if you're holding onto a ledge, you can lower yourself onto one. Yes. Wow. Directly onto them. Interesting. Like you can, if you fall at all, it doesn't work. If you fall, if, so like if you are on a block and there are spikes at the same level as right. the block, if you duck and move, you can lower yourself down to where the spikes are. But if you just walk off the edge, you will die. Okay. I almost never mess with that. Like there's almost it's never anything worth getting and it's yeah. too easy to fuck up. So yeah. <laughs> Transitioning from being on the edge to hanging onto that same edge is really tough. Playing those like user created challenge levels is a good way of figuring out crazy shit that you didn't understand that you could do. Okay. Um, but do you use a mod to install those? Or yeah, the, they Froslunky. the only ones I ever did I did through Froslunky, which is okay. like a weird. It's a TSR. It's a, a terminate and stay resident program. It's not really. I think it's just it's just a program that accesses the same memory space as Spelunky somehow, which I thought that like the whole deal with Windows is that you're not allowed to do that. Maybe it injects into one of the, it's itself into, as a DLL. Hmm. That's a thing that can happen. Gosh, it's a TSR DLL. RTFM. The terminate and stay resident. TLDR. I, I wrote some of those. Yeah. I wrote a little clock program. Depending on whether the um, the directionality flag was set, the clock would either render in the top left, top right corner of the screen, or backwards in the next line on the left side of the screen. And that was just a bug I never fixed, and I only figured out later what the bug was. <laughs> Good. What What do you mean by directionality or whatever? Uh, there's a flag for. I was using um. Whether time is moving forward or backward? No, no. It was yeah. uh there was I was using a a, a the um what was it? Shit. I don't remember actually what instruction I was using. I think I was um using the uh DOS B S T O S B meaning like store byte. I don't know where the other S comes from. Uh <laughs> instruction. Um that uh Stores a byte in memory and then increments or decrements, depending on the flag, uh, the address that it's pointing at. Okay. Um, and uh, because my TSR, like, didn't set the flag, it was reliant on whatever program was wrenched – the, the timer interrupt wrenched control from. Oh, just whatever – however that flag was set. Yeah, it would time. then, like, render the clock either, like, this way or this way. That's cool. 
So this was just there was just a text like a BIOS text clock running on top of whatever else you were running all yeah. the time. Just was that just for fun, or did you actually want to know what time it was? No, it was, it was, a, it was a it was a fun challenge. Yeah. I was trying to make it really small. It was like it ended up being like an eighty byte com file. Oh, what, you, say, you could just make a clock that's one pixel. You, you can make a clock that's like a little <laughs> not in text mode, a little stripper that dances yeah. on your on your task. No, bar. more than eighty bytes. Eh, that depends on <laughs> depends on what you the kind of stripper you're into. Yeah, you know, <laughs> a wire stripper. You're. Oh, it's just somebody who sends you a telegraph about how she took her clothes off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's pretty expensive back in the day. Uh, anything else? The loading times on pornography by telegraph. Man, ASCII art. Yeah. <laughs> dot, dot, one slash, one slash, time. space, 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 slash, slash, stop. So open parenthesis, period, close parenthesis, open parenthesis, close parenthesis, period, close parenthesis, stop. <laughs> LOL, stop. Um, I played a little bit of a game that people were talking about on my Twitter feed called Tormentor X Punisher, which... It's like, like Tormentor Times Punisher? I don't know. Okay. It's the, the font it uses on Steam is like, it's not, the X is not the letter X. It's like another Unicode symbol. Hmm. Uh, so this is a weird uh, twin stick shooter. It reminds me a lot of Devil Daggers uh, in that it is just a like, you're not meant to last very long. I don't think. It's just really, really hard. It's kind of a Crimson Land style. Top down, you move around with WASD. You've got a it's sort of Hotline Miami aesthetics and combat and i don't know why i bought it because i knew i was going to hate it but um, <laughs> uh it's also like it starts out with this cutscene of like you're a, a woman in a bar and something happens that makes you mad and then you like get so mad you fly through space and land on planet fuck you which is just a planet that says fuck you like it's continents um and then like Pangea but like, yeah yeah but it's just F-U-C-K. just like that just <laughs> like like a whole planet that evolved from that that spore worm oh, right. that just had the word fuck <laughs> growing out of its back which was the best thing to ever come out of spore um it god that fucking worm <laughs> it's so good because uh, there were just it was just in like an ocean of of dicks and boobs and stuff and then it just like figured out a unique way to be that like ah oh, god i gotta i gotta find that for the show notes was that was that something that you could really do because it seems like I, the, the little that i remember playing sport you did not have nearly that much control over. i think with the creature creator you could do more of that kind of stuff but i yeah i don't know anyway uh so then you you're you're in this thing and it's just like fuck fuck you fuck a cock butt cock butt cock fuck like just yelling Is that gameplay to all it? the time yeah well you're shooting stuff but every time you shoot something you're like cock fuck cock butt butt cock uh it's <clears throat> i i'm not there's this little gremlin that says some kind of funny stuff after you get killed. I think he runs up and teabags you. Um, I think that's what huh. the animation is suggesting. But I don't know, man. It's real It's real fast paced. You've got like two weapons. You've got a shotgun and a machine gun. And the way that you reload the machine gun is by shooting the shotgun. So you're just kind of like... I don't know. It's just a... It's a, it's a vulgar, frenetic... 
top-down twin-stick shooter um, that I have not yet really figured out what is good about it. But, like, Bennett Foddy is real into it, so there's got to be something. I mean, that just might mean it's just difficult. Okay, fair enough. Um, yep. <laughs> um, Maybe it's difficult in the sense of, like, it's hard to watch. <laughs> okay, yeah. Um, like is, is Bennett child. Foddy into yeah? Is Bennett Foddy into that stuff? I, that I don't know. I don't know. You know, Bennett Foddy is how I found out about Ogloff. Oh yeah. So oh, huh. that's you know that's something that's very vulgar, but, but also really but also has good. some value. Yeah, yeah. is is like just like a weird the kind of intersection of those two things that you don't normally find. Right. Um, I guess. In some ways, kind of like Robert Gang's stuff, mm. right? Because it's like really overtly sexual, but it's not like it's not for its own sake, you know? It's it like it's just it, the medium. Yeah, it's uh, like I, I guess I wouldn't exactly. There definitely there are definitely things that re- revolve around the sexuality stuff, but it's always in it, service of a like, joke or yeah, whatever. It has a point. Yeah. yeah it's, it's not, not just, like a, it's not like, you know, you're giving your car a hand job and then it <laughs> ends with like oil spraying on your face, right? It ends with something different pretty, and surprising and funny. <laughs> well, but not, it's not yeah. like a, the joke that he would make, right? Like yeah. the, it's, yeah. I, don't know. I, yeah, I, I think, what, what, what was that? Hot throttle? No, that was the other one. Uh, stick shift. Stick shift. Hot throttle yeah. was the racing game. Uh, stick, I think Stick Shift, the way it ends, is actually really Jesus, well done. yep. Man, I did not realize that that uh, you can just sit there giving the cops, you blowing kisses to the cops, and every time you do it, it increases the amount of time that you're locked out of playing the game again. <laughs> man, so good. <laughs> anyway, uh, this is not like – Tormentor X Punisher is not like that. <laughs> uh, it's just really like – Vulgar for no, yeah, no it's good. it's I mean, like it, it, it reminds sounds... me of the shirts that the kids are wearing in the South Park musical, where it just says like "Cockmaster" on a shirt. It's just mm-hmm. like it's like childish, context-free nonsense vulgarity for its own sake. Oh, the joke Cards against humanity. The joke original, like in in South Park, the original joke was that it was kids cursing, and that's, yeah, that's the funny part, right? Yeah. Um, and like that quickly became like no longer like okay that's an old joke now you got to do something else with it right um and like maybe i don't know uh, it, it, i think the the intent f- it sounds like for this uh this theme is bo- that it is supposed to be funny and it's not landing for you but right <laughs> might land for other people yeah it's it has the it has a like real cracked magazine kind of riff do you know the name of the illustrator who is associated with cracked magazine who like every person they draw is like covered with skin tags wow no (laughs) or like i don't really it might be sweat or it might be pimples or whatever but i mean because don martin right yeah don martin so you were making like a don martin joke the other day but he he came there later from mad right it was weird like that just that must have seemed like some kind of weird like political move where he was like oh well fuck you i'm gonna go work for our garbage competitor that everyone hates yeah that was like strange like that's weird don what Uh, this is like entirely separate from cracked.com i think it's the same same company 
Yeah, I think that they went on to like instead of they pivoted and they they pivoted really well. Yeah, unlike unlike Mad, which just sort of like I don't know, are they still making Mad Magazine? Yeah, it's got Uh, ads. Probably it's it's got ads, which is got ads, but it's in color. Hmm. Okay, it's a Mad Mad. mad, There were often like special editions that were in color, like quarterlies were had things that were in color, didn't they? Yeah, that 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 sounds right. I don't remember for sure. Anyway, uh, anyway, this is like that cracked magazine style of like when when you picture the canonical like Sylvester P. Smythe cracked dude, he's drawn by this artist that I'm talking about, which is just like I don't I can't exactly articulate the style. It's it's like, um, OK, you know, the scenes in uh, Beavis and Butthead that Rob Zombie art directed of the like peyote trips oh yeah it's like that kind of it's just like like imagine that you were making a flyer for like a rockabilly metal crossover fest and you had a decent budget to make the flyer and so you wanted a million like multicolored demons with all covered with warts on them it's like i'm into it it's like that that's that's what this game is it sounds amazing it's uh it reminds me a lot of the old cartoons magazine where (laughs) some grotesque rat is driving a hot rod or like uh there's that board game that's epic battles of the spell lords or whatever where you're the skull mountain wizards on skull mountain yeah something like that it's it's kind of got that like weird heavy metal style anyway uh i also played a a little bit of a game called brigador which is you are like some weird dystopian assassin in a mech and you're walking around these it's an action game where you're you're wasdying around and sort of twin stick shooting well you're using the mouse to aim like different mech weapons in these super destructible environments and you like earn money to buy upgrades and stuff by blowing up more houses and things and there's a there's a a pretty a pretty rich tapestry of storytelling in the like ui for you getting your assassination missions from the anyway it's uh, i didn't play enough of it to uh really have that much of an opinion but it was some remastered edition of it came out and it seems pretty fun um Brigador. It keeps referring to you as a Brigador. So I guess you are one. I guess that means you brigade things or you storm brigades. What's a brigade? Isn't that like a blockade kind of? Or or like a brigade a pl- is the is a brigade the, is like a platoon is a or something. Fl- flotilla of ships or something. Isn't it oh. like you pass the bucket of water to the next person? Okay, that's a bucket brigade. Yeah. yeah. So is it like a line of people? Is that what a brigade Maybe, is? Yeah. Is a brigade it's an army like unit a, smaller than a division? Yeah. Okay, so like that's just and so, so a bucket brigade is just like a a number of buckets less than a division of buckets, right? But it's more than a platoon of buckets. Uh, and I played an iOS game called Lunar Lift, which is like Lunar Lander in that you're doing like mm. gravity mitigation but with backwards. the little spaceship. Sort of, yeah. You start out at the bottom of a thing, and you're trying to get to the top. And there's a certain par uh, of what time? You, or no, left? it's you. You have like an allotment of fuel that is that is shown up as like there's a circle in the middle of your spaceship that just drains, and that controls how much sort of thrust you can you can provide when you land. 
if you don't take off again immediately, it will like use up one of your, one of your, it'll increase your number of refuelings by one. And then you start from there with a full tank of fuel and you're trying to do that the least number of times. And there's, there's checkpointing. It's, you're really vulnerable on top. So you don't want to crash into stuff going upwards fast, but you often, you can give yourself way more. You can, you can give yourself an amount of thrust that will move you way further than you can see. So there's a lot of kind of speed reaction to it. If you're trying to be really efficient, Um, it seems like there are only, after the tutorial, there are only procedurally generated levels, but the U- the the UI is not crazy clear. There's like a daily challenge I've seen on Twitter. I, that's all I've seen. Okay, it, like you can either play the tutorial or you can play today's daily levels, which got to be something in between that. Yeah, I don't know. the The levels themselves are just very abstract geometrical patterns. There is absolutely no reason you couldn't only have procedurally generated ones right. that you sort of had different little parts that you were gluing together to create different difficulties or whatever. Um, yeah, I don't know. You know, it's like a little time waster. It's, it's, it kind of pushes the same buttons as like super Stickman golf where it's like a little physics. I tried playing super Stickman golf, like right after I had played a bunch of desert golfing and it was, striking to me like how much worse super stickman golf was just a ux in terms of ux like just like trying to start a game of super stickman golf was like going through like six layers of menus i think a lot of that was because so much got done to that game after it came out oh maybe like level packs were added and and crazy shit went on i don't i don't know that for a fact but that was always the sense i got from that stuff was like oh okay this is something that a lot of people really care about and so it has become bewildering to anyone who hasn't watched it get to this point yeah that's plausible but uh yeah anyway that was all for me what was the name of the the lunar lander kind of lunar lift lunar lift and i don't know like I learned about this game because somebody on my Twitter feed retweeted the announcement about it. So it's like made by somebody some number of degrees of separation away from us in the industry that I don't remember who it is. Right. Um, I mean, everybody has some number of degrees of separation away. Probably no more than six, right? Can't you always get to Kevin Bacon? And then Kevin Bacon worked on Monument Valley 2. So <laughs> yeah. Speaking of Monument Valley 2, what was the app that you guys mentioned before like a 4d geometry oh 40 toy yeah what's that jim you were going to talk about that uh i i was hoping someone else had actually played it oh. i i it's it's an iphone thing iphone and vive i think so i can't mm-hmm. actually play it but it's uh the megakure guy um mark, mark ten bosch ten bosch yeah is this the thing where you're trying to like get a square from the top of the screen to the bottom by moving it in four dimensions megakure no this toy thing. The toy is just is literally a toy. There's no game to it. I see. It's just it's just a room full of four dimensional objects that you get to manipulate and fuck around with. I saw. So when Miyagi was being shown at like a day of the devs, we were walking around with Alexander Martin, and that guy flagged him down and said, "Hey, do you want to play this other thing that I've been messing with?" And it was on a touch screen, I think, and it was. Just like a four-dimensional cube that you're trying to get through a hole in a yeah. four-dimensional, like, wall. Yeah. And so, I watched Alex do it for a while, and I'm like, okay, this is for people who are 
four times as smart as me, and I am right. Well, that never sounds like a step up from Megakure, which is for people that forty times as smart. Yes, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like um, Megakure is a game that is probably never going to come out because it's impossible to make fun. <laughs> um, like, and this guy's. I think he's been working on it for something like 10 years now. Just, and he built this amazing foundation of like, uh, 40 rendering and 40 rigid body engine. And well, like, cause like he's putting out this 40 toy game to try to get people up to speed. So well, they I, can I, play I, I honestly, game. like, I honestly think that this is like, I want to do something with this right. 4D game engine I made. And since I'm never like, or not at least not in the foreseeable future, going to be shipping this game, what else can I do with it? And I bet the game you described, Zach, just now was an attempt to do like, how do I do something simpler with those with those tools? Right. And I think that the 4D toy box is a much like clear, like clearer and cleaner, like obvious thing to do with that foundation. It's it is still so hard for me to. <clears throat> even after playing with a four-dimensional object to internalize what the fuck is going on. Yeah, it, and I wonder, like, if... Maybe you need flashcards. Right. <laughs> I may, like, And I wonder if, like, you gave this to a six-year-old, would they get it? Would they eventually, would like, make, internalize it? Did their you minds? ever... Yeah, did you ever read the short story Mimsy or the Borogoves? No. Um, I'll, I'll find the text of it somewhere and link to it, but it's by, I, I was just looking this up. Uh, it is a science fiction short story by Lewis Paget, who is a pseudonym of American writers Henry Kuttner and C.L. Moore from 1943. Mm. But it is about a, a box of toys from the future that falls through a time rift and the guy who the lab is examining them or whatever, they just like can't figure out what's going on with them. So he just takes them home and lets his kids play with them. Uh-huh. And then his kids just disappear. <laughs> um, and it, they, they determine that it's like toys that are given to children in the future to train their brains, how to like basically escape from 3d space <laughs> and like move on to the next level. And that and, is incredible. And that, that uh Jabberwocky is somehow the instructions for them <laughs> was the 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 premise there like so, somehow that goes in there and that's, that's why it's neat. called um yeah. yeah it's a real neat I, I mean i've spoiled it it's still you know it's still uh, still a fun story um it was in i got when i was in high school i bought some like collections from various years in the 40s of Hugo winning or whatever there was at the time short science fiction from those years and ended up like I think that's how I discovered Harlan Ellison like Mm -hmm. although that seems too early for him he's super old I don't know yeah I guess yeah I don't know but there's just a bunch of there's a bunch of uh, a bunch of really good sci-fi from like the middle of last century that is pretty pretty accessible yeah um Pretty digestible, and this this was one of them. I'll I'll, uh, I'll link to that in the show notes. But that's what that forty toy thing reminds me of, because it's like, yeah, it seems like if you were doing this as a kid, like then you would just suddenly know how to do this stuff, and you would know what it you meant. Really, you'd at least have a hope. Like, yeah, I, I I feel like I I kind of half expect that like humans just aren't capable of intuitively understanding four D space, um, like unless it like unless we're talking about like savants, like the guy who can like follow two symphonies in his head mm. at the same time. Um, unless uh, there might be savants like that, that can like, or the guy who can eat two Hershey symphony bars at the same time. 
that's me. Um, I, do you actually, stack them up or do you eat them side by side? <laughs> both. Oh, so you could do four. Oh. Yeah, but flavors? I haven't tried. It's dangerous. It's, um, I, I wonder now, like, if Mark Ten Bosch is like, has uh, to what extent he has internalized this stuff. It will end up with a catacomb kids kind of problem where he'll release the game and no one will be able to beat the first level and he'll be right. like, what? What? Come on, guys. Yeah, I mean, that. I think that there is a certain kind of like, I don't know, puzzle designers, puzzle designer where it's <laughs> like, all right, th- these are people who have really just crawled so far up their own asses that the only people who like them are, are Alex and John Blow and, or the only people who like understand the work that they're doing. And those people are like, this is amazing. This is like really cutting edge stuff, but like, that's not, you don't like even Alan Hazelden stuff is too hard for normal people. So he posted some sales numbers. Yeah. That was really interesting. Super transparent. Yeah. Which was kind of cool. Um, just he just posted literally the, all the money that the past, his past two major releases have made, um, and it's like just barely enough that he can keep making video games, but not really. Yeah, I mean, it would uh, like a, a normal person with like a family or a home, I think, would not be able to live on what he's yeah. what he's making. But because he's just a single person and kind of just wandering around. It seems like because he has no fixed. And I mean, cost. he's from a place where civilization pays for your health care and stuff. Sure. So that's that helps. Yeah. You know what we need? Universal basic income. I'm sure Trump yep. will get right I'm on that. for it. Yep. You know, you know, Republicans love it. That is their favorite thing. Yeah. So California, apparently, I don't know what this actually means. Just passed a single pair thing. It's like in the first stages. So like, even if it goes, like, even if it actually goes through, what does that actually mean? Uh, Can you explain to me what single pair means in this context? It means that they are the, you you go to a doctor and you don't have insurance. You're not, you don't have like, there are not like 10 different insurance companies or whatever. There is just the one. It's like, like for old people it's medicare or whatever okay. right um, <clears throat> but this is this is a thing that is meant to be like the idea being that you know it's universal health care right you just go there there's one person it's they, they negotiate the rates for the whole thing and so it's like the obama votes whether you die or not <clears throat> yeah it's death panels okay yeah basically uh, you know i think one of the solutions to the healthcare cost crisis is not providing as much health care as we do. <laughs> yeah. And that's that's fine. Yeah, I I, d- I think there's definitely a case to be made that like at some point extending life doesn't make sense like right. the return on it doesn't make sense even for the person being saved. Yeah, there's there at least, you know, this is a 10 or 15 year old statistic, but like 60%, 60 or 75% of all healthcare costs are incurred in the last 60 days of life. Right. And which, granted, you don't know that those are your last 60 days of life necessarily, <laughs> but. And also, like. And also, so many people get sick in the hospital. <laughs> and and also, like, uh, um, what was it? <clears throat> I, I can't remember the actual, uh, what what the actual study was, but, like, doctors don't, the doctors turn down, like, um, uh resuscitation. Like, they, they have, like, DNR. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, yeah, they know how horrible it is, and they have 
right like your your DNR chances of like living wills i think is what it is right like something, they, something like that yeah. yeah like they have do not resist the, the quality of life you get if what if people take extreme measures to save your life like even if you survive the yeah. quality of life is terrible and yep. you're not going to live that much longer anyway yep so so we should all just follow their example the only doctor, the single payer is Dr. Kevorkian, and <laughs> he pays all of his debts in morphine. Propofol? I don't know. What did he use? I don't know. A, like a uh, comet. <laughs> Bleach. Yep. Yeah, hammer. Uh, do you guys want to, speaking of which, do you guys want to talk Jesus. about this assignment, Kona? <laughs> oh, it's... Gungadin's dill hole and earring. This is a really bad game, guys. It was real bad. Kevin finished it, which is good because Kevin needs to. Kevin needs to explain what this game is did, on a did basic. Did you play level. it, Riff? Kona said normally. I I played it up through the gas station, like I did everything okay. you could do at the gas station and around the gas station, and then saved and quit. Did you see the first frozen figure? Yeah, I did all that weird detective vision bit okay so what kind of game is this it's like a walking simulator but it's also kind of a survival game like a point and click game where you can freeze to death (laughs) (laughs) pretty much yeah the and also crash your car it's got a lot of systems at first you can't crash your car because boy was i trying during that opening scene (laughs) and then at a certain point it actually starts letting you crash your car yeah (laughs) Did uh, I try? The first thing I did was turn around and try to go back, <laughs> and it's like eventually you just hit an invisible wall, and your car just stops in the middle of the road. I, I, like, I was trying to go forward and hit an invisible wall, like at, at the point oh, at the where bridge. like yeah. at, there's a point where like you need to like um, you need to make a fire to warm up or something like that. Um, okay. And I, I tried to go down like the bigger of the two paths, and I just oh yeah 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 almost immediately you hit an invisible wall. Yep. Oh, I guess I'm supposed to go the other way because you can that only drive really past the invisible wall, right? And it didn't really justify it by saying I can't go. Yeah, there was in no, there without a car. There it was, was no just, justification. Yeah, all of presented it. The, to the justification player. for not being able to do anything is this is not where the story of the game wants you to be right now, and that just I found that profoundly infuriating. Yeah, and yep. did not like I. So you you're going to, I guess, investigate a death. Well, no, it's not a death at first. It's vandalism. I see. Is that's that you're you're brought out there to investigate vandalism, but then the person who hired you, uh, you find his body. And Has it been vandalized? Uh, no. Well, not in the sense that killing a dude is vandalizing him. <laughs> only if, only if you are a a vandal. Humandalism. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then the Patreon backer humandalism. <laughs> the the story shifts. So, like, one of the major failings of this game is you spend most of the game trying to collect evidence that you put in your binder to, like, solve this mystery. But then when you get to the end of the game, it just shows you everything that happened. And I don't think any of the evidence you collected matters at all. Uh, I, because I was playing it, you know, thoroughly-ish, like, I checked out all the houses and I walked a bunch of places and found a bunch of, like, campfires and stuff like that. Um, I think I didn't hit any of the like stumbling blocks because i think if you try to drive north to like hamilton's place you hit like a there's like a place where the road is washed out and you can't you can't get there in the car and then 
if you try to walk, you hit this like ice wall. And I think you have to have seen all four of the frozen figures at that point, or it won't let you through the ice wall. Hmm. But because I had already, because by the time I got there for the first time, I had already seen them. It just it like let me through. I think, I think that's what happens. So I think you're bounded, you're bounded to the, basically the lower half of the map for 75% of the game. Um, and that's where you're collecting information and uh, resources and stuff like that and building fires so that you don't freeze to death. Um, I tried to go to a house <clears throat> and it said I should be going somewhere else. I should. I don't have time to not be going to somebody's house or whatever. Did and it? It wouldn't let me out of the car. It wouldn't let you out of the Oh, what you, yeah, you're, you are not, cause Hamilton's still out there. That's what I think it says, right? Yeah. Like, that, 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 that same thing happened to me. I bet there was a house you, with the blue mailbox that you drive past and yeah, the Roy's, yeah, the Roy's exactly, house. Yeah. 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 That happened to me too. And I was like, oh, well, story wants yeah. me to go to the, you gas have station. to go to the gas station first. Yeah. yeah. But I didn't want to. I, like, know. I wanted to, like, there's a bunch of that kind of gating. Yeah, it's I, not, I mean, it's I wasn't like, oh, I'm done with this game forever because of this. But I was like, I'm done with this game for now because of this. And then I remembered that I hadn't started playing it until yesterday. So <laughs> also, it was really nauseating to move around. Like, yeah, it's I, got, like somebody, I, got I had to play it in like three or four small sections because of the motion sickness. I, I didn't get motion sickness, but it was really like just it felt just bad. Unpleasant. Yeah. I, I, felt cranked, bad I cranked play. the field of view all the way out and it still wasn't enough to to stop the it seems like there's some view lurch yeah like, like it i hadn't really considered this until we talked until we were talking about it at dinner but it may well be that like they were trying to like do a physical like a walking like a literal physical walking sim kona and that would explain like why moving around feels like shit and also because it also sucks to move around in the real world <laughs> <laughs> right I mean, I think it would if all you were getting was the visual input, right? Yeah. Like, and all you had was like go forward and go or like strafe left or right and turn. It was like just very difficult to get up the Firewatch towers. That yeah, were everywhere, yeah. super hard uh, because yeah, you were just constantly clipping on the edges of things and not like. Yep, it huh. was. I didn't have that trouble at all. Were you playing huh. with a controller? No, I was using keyboard. Interesting. Weird. Did you get sick? No. Uh, but I'm not prone to motion sick. Yeah, I'm not either. I, I I was not like getting motion sick. I I feel like there was one game in the last couple of years that actually made me motion sick, but this was just like it it was nauseating to me in the same way that like low frame rates are oh, yeah. nauseating. Like it just felt it was like a nightmare where you're running away from something and you don't quite have control over your body. Right. There are like there are just levels of polish in first person games. And I don't know what they are because I've never made one. And even being adjacent to like Firewatch, where they spend a lot of time worrying about this kind of stuff, I have no idea like what what is going on. But this didn't. This needed a lot more. Well, it needed work polish pretty much everywhere. Yeah. Can I ask a question about the voiceover? Was <laughs> that a computer generated voice? I don't think it, it was. It, it didn't sound like. But that I definitely me. thought it was at first because I was like, oh, I, so the VO for this just doesn't have any inflection. It, so game, I wonder okay, if it's a computer. The game was originally written in French, right? That, so this is an English translation, and like, yeah, like, I, and the the voice had intonation, but it was weird. I think it's just a very bad voice actor. 
Like okay. they were like, could we get someone to do VO for this for $5 an hour or something? And just go to Fiverr.com. Yeah. They went there for the writer as well. For the localizer. Or, or maybe English I mean, isn't that, their first language. Yeah, well, certainly. Yeah. The, so this game, we were talking about this at dinner too. This game feels to me like a game that was paid for by the Canadian government. Like as a, these kids need something to do. <laughs> so <laughs> let's, let's endow for it, the it, arts them. It does feel like a tale of tales kind of a joint in the sense that nobody gives a shit about this game, but they're making it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> the, it did remind me of Sunset a lot, except Sunset, like, even if Sunset just used the, like, default Unity first-person controller, that's fine yeah. for moving around in a world. You know, it's like things move the way that you expect them to, and so, so. but yeah, it was, you know, I mean, also, like, Fez was paid for by the Canadian yeah. government, so it's not like it's a mark of low production values to be to be tax subsidized, right? It's a it's a mark of uh, being in a civilized country right. that that kind of thing can happen. But yeah, this just felt like I don't know. It felt like a pitch that just wasn't delivered on really, and that nobody it might be, it might and be that much nobody better in French really had a stake. That seems really in. like it didn't feel like anybody. I don't. I don't think this story would be any good in any language. Like even if even if they fixed the sentences, huh? Like the the. The things that like the narr- the sort of things the narrator was talking about, like it, it was not. It is so hard for me to judge that kind of. Yeah, thing. you I, end I, up I with awkward phrasing and stuff that was probably written a lot more. I mean, that's like localization is really hard. It is really hard, right? And y- so, <sighs> man, this was just like, what if Firewatch had gameplay and sucked? <laughs> Inventory limits. <laughs> so, so you have really an inv- pretty nice UI. Yeah, the, yeah. The, inv- the inventory is actually like there. There are parts of this game that are really well handled. The inventory is, was pretty good in general, mm-hmm. but you can put stuff in your truck, uh, and so that be just and that has like infinite storage. So you can just load up your truck, and it actually and piles and the objects into your truck. I thought that was pretty kind nice. of it. Like it puts a couple of logs in there to show that there are things, and that's it. <laughs> oh. Did you um, only try with logs? No, I put I put a bunch of. Stuff. No, I was asking if Riff only tried with logs I, I and so put logs in there. But it seemed like an appropriate <laughs> number of logs for the logs that right. Been in. Yeah, yeah. For, for a while, can you just get infinite logs down. from that pile of logs? Yeah. Oh. As far as I know, well, I say that like it does not. Maybe after twenty logs, the log pile runs out of water. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or you can only pick up a log every three seconds. Mm-hmm. Part of the one of the challenges of the game is like rebuilding this uh, snowmobile, and then as soon as you have the snowmobile it's like saddlebags have all of the stuff from your truck in them nice <laughs> which i had like 30 logs in my truck and i was like no this doesn't quite jibe man i want that a, a bag that is just infinitely large and yeah travels also connected well and there's like multiple copies of it yeah yeah that yeah. would be great yep um there was there was one kind of interesting puzzle in the game like follow some some colored wires and figure out how this like machine works. Were, were there interesting story beats in the game? Not really. No. This is what I mean when I say the story wouldn't be good in any language. Well, but you know, it's hard to know what and what 
the like the VO how the VO could change the context yeah. of something. Yeah, you're right. Potentially, um, I mean, I'm not. You know, I have no skin in this. It's probably not awesome in the original. But it, my I, sense I of it is that no one had any skin in it. Like that's mm. that's how it read to me. Like it didn't seem like people were super invested. Yeah, it felt like a, it felt like a game. Like say what you will about Tale of Tales, at least they believe they're saying something and they theoretically understand what it is, right? Yeah. Like Yeah, when I say nobody gives a shit about the Tale of Tales game, I didn't mean the developers and <laughs> the audience. Right. Yeah. Whereas this this felt like even the developers even the developers like it didn't feel like there was a voice. Yeah. In it. That is like that is definitely true. You know, like it was a it, it just felt very like by by the numbers by committee like this is this is like we've described a video game now we should make it based on that description as opposed to like yeah i don't know you know anybody there's a lot of stuff to find i found maybe 60 percent of the stuff out in the world there was a place where i like opened a chest and there was a note inside it's like ah if you're reading this you have found all 10 of my like chests and I was like, no, this is the first one I felt. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> but that could uh, be an error made by the person filling the chest. Yeah. No, yeah, it could be. There, there is. Di- I found, I found diegetic bugs. <laughs> I found the first node, and it's it, like you're supposed to have like gone to the mailbox, opened the mailbox, and found this like puzzle in there, and then followed it in this giant circle and found all these chests. And then the big prize reward at the end is yeah. I think you've been finding flares in all these boxes, and then you I find mean, that flare gun. Maybe the but guy I just found just, a flare gun right away. Maybe the guy just never had a chance to set up the puzzle. Maybe he was just like... That's true. It's there a was, puzzle in progress, and you just found the, the what he was going to put in the final box. What was the game? Oh, it was some VR game that I played that had a flare gun as its central mechanic mm-hmm. recently. That's... I never actually fired the flare gun. I should have I should have messed with that a little bit more. Uh, I this is the sort of game that would have a really robust fire sim in it, apropos yeah, of nothing. Yeah, that's true. There. Uh, so the second half of the game, uh, after you get past the ice wall, is pretty dramatically different from hmm. the first half. Uh, way fewer resources out in the world. So if you haven't stockpiled a ton of shit, you are gonna be kind of fucked. Yeah. Uh, and then. And then a pr- long and protracted, like, boss fight. <laughs> so That doesn't surprise me. Yeah. Which you can't actually hurt the boss. It's like a bunch of, like, minions that spawn and they have to kill. And Really? Like, combat? Yeah. I found a gun. Huh. There's guns and you can, you can also kill them with, like, hatches and stuff. Oh, like I a shot log. a wolf with the gun. Yeah. Ooh, that happened to me. That happened to the wolf. <laughs> <laughs> But it was coming at me. They'll kill you. They'll like I, I was like I, I found the gas station and then I like did a bunch of stuff at the gas station. I was trying to start the generator, but there was yeah. no like cues for like what I was uh, doing wrong. Did you have duct tape and pliers? I, I had some tools, but like I kept like trying to click on the generator and there were no prompts. Right, I had a real up above it was the was the frayed cord. That you had to okay, see. I had a real hard time figuring it. out like what objects in the environment were things you could pick up and which ones yeah. weren't mm-hmm. which is like boy i wish i had that prey object highlighting thing that everybody else seems to want to turn off right away yeah that no i loved that i love that object highlighting thing yeah it's fantastic and then i like wandered off into the wilderness yeah that's a good and, way to die <laughs> and like well i didn't i didn't die because i found some like here's a cabin with a oh. stove next to it yeah but like there is a lot of wilderness in this game yes is that there- like is is this effectively an open world thing for like the middle 
you know, 50%, 60% of the game? Yeah, the first, I'd say the first 60% is very, once you like get to the gas station and like the mystery unfolds, you can then from that point, you can go to any of the houses. Uh, I wish I had. I stuff. wish I had gotten further into it. I just because I'm not going to, but I, like I think if I had gotten to the point where I could have actually gone to places on the map and checked out what was there, yeah. I like doing. I like exploring a space yeah, and yeah. seeing what I, abandoned I, spaces are there some, and building a fire, cool like caves and things. And yeah. that sounds good. There's yeah. some dynamite. Yeah, you blow, you blow that, up. Some like structurally, like the idea stuff. for this game sounds great. Yeah, no, like it, I feel like they had really good aspirations and then just didn't quite get there. Um, the systemsy stuff is pretty interesting. Like I liked a lot of the systems stuff in it. I thought the the cold, the dying by cold was pretty harsh, mm-hmm. uh, especially early on in the game when you didn't, didn't know how that worked. Like I died almost immediately because I was trying to get stuff out of that car, and it was so hard to like get close enough to the trunk to actually yeah get the stuff out. Yeah, it seems like the interactable objects. Should have really been tuned to be yeah. interactable from way further away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And you, every time you open a door, you like have to like then back get up out of the way of yeah. the door to open it. Yeah, which is really realistic. Ugh. Yeah, I, was, I, I guess I didn't stop playing because I didn't like it. I just decided that that was a good place to stop. I was I was enjoying it up to then. I like a oh. 3D first roaming mystery. Did I say 3D first roaming? First person free roaming mystery. No, mm-hmm. I, I like the first thing you I said. I like a there. 3D first Romans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, uh, what's our next assignment, fellas? Uh, I've forgotten what it's called. Perception. 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 Yeah, it's a game like Scanner Sombre, except it's in a haunted house and you're just a regular blind guy instead of a ghost. I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I think oh, you're, you're a blind totally lady. Totally spoiled. Scanner Echo Sombre. location. Okay. Oh, you're a lady? I think so. Nice. <laughs> is, that the, is that the new 69 when like, <laughs> so it turns out someone's female? Yep. <laughs> uh, nice. More like herception. <laughs> anyway, uh, guys, do you know who uh, this episode of uh, Video Games Hot Dog was <laughs> brought to us by? Herner Herzog. Uh, Herner Herzog. Yeah, yes. Yeah. The, the lady, the lady Werner Herzog. That's right. Patreon also, backer Herner Herzog. Also Werner Herzog. Werner Hizog. <laughs> Scanner Herbray. Her, her story. <laughs> Herman Herb story. Hooray. Her lunky. Torment her expunisher. Come on, guys. This is not hard. <laughs> I, well, I'm. I was mostly just uh, objecting, like a conscientious choice. Okay, <laughs> that's fine, guys. I've had a fantastic off to Canada to avoid the puns. Yeah. I've had a fantastic time recording episode number two hundred ninety of Video Games Hot Dog with you, and I hope we do episode number two hundred ninety-one one week from today in this very studio in this very city. Sounds like a plan. And uh, listeners, we might, we might talk about video games. Listeners, dun, I hope you'll dun. join us when we do. And if you do, that's great. And if you don't, that's cool too. Everybody's welcome here, even people who aren't here. Her cockaboo boo Her. <laughs> Good night. Bye, everybody. Good night. Good night. Wait, okay. so you can hear me, right? Okay. Dun dun dun. Cool. 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 cool.
Frog Fractions, Hearthstone, make a hamburger out of farts.